identifying potential issues with your aircraft and on the flight deck before they can become bigger problems. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news and information. Perhaps one of the most important benefits to come from today's increasingly advanced aircraft is the ability to implement flight data monitoring, or FDM. These systems can range from relatively basic engine monitoring up to more complex solutions that can measure dozens of parameters about the performance of the aircraft and the flight crew. In simplest terms, flight data monitoring is just an objective look of how the aircraft is being flown against a known set of standards. And, and it really allows operators to take a proactive approach to organizational risks that are identified through their FDM program. That was Morgan Bondi, an international captain and aviation safety manager for Adobe. Morgan was a panelist on an NTSB roundtable about FDM held during NBAA Base 2022, along with my second guest today. Jason Greenleaf is director of safety for fractional ownership provider Jedit. And Jason, before we delve into how FDM can be utilized, let's back up a bit. What kinds of FDM solutions are out there for business aviation operators? There's a whole spectrum depending on the level of fidelity and different parameters you want to look at. So you can start with something very simple. Anything that can record any information from the plane during your normal ops can be used to to start your flight data monitoring program, or they have all the way up to quick access recorders, QARs, that can give you data that's equivalent to normal flight data recording systems that are required for the FAA. So there's really a broad spectrum depending on your price point and what you're trying to really look at with your program. When you mention the lower end of FDM systems, Jason, what do those entail? I think at the lower end, we've heard people talk about maybe just having their oil and engine type parameters monitored and looked at. But even on some of the Garmin 1000 or 3000 systems, some of them have some inherent recording capability that all you really need is an SD card plugged in. And you'll get a lot of data, you know, flight parameters. You'll miss out on some some things like maybe flap positions, weight on wheels, and some of the more sensors that, that you'd get from the higher level devices. But you do get a good amount from really basic systems now. I think more aircraft manufacturers are including better ways to access the data. And even with systems geared toward the lower end of the market, Morgan, they can still provide a lot of useful data. I've been really impressed as we talked at the NTSB panel recently. The type of parameters that are able to be recorded on a Cessna 172 are truly astounding. And as you go up the scale and you go up to, let's say, larger business aircraft, some of those parameters can can start to get really precise from touchdown points. If you want to look at your organizational risk around runway overruns, you're able to look at where your aircraft are consistently touching down. So those those parameters go not only to specific movements on the airplane, but but how the aircraft is actually being flown. Morgan, when were you first introduced to FDM and how did pilots at that flight operation respond to those programs? The last two operators that have been at flight data monitoring has been around effectively since the beginning of those programs. And the flight crews have really positively responded to it. It was very rooted in continuous improvement. It was rooted in an objective look at at what happened. It, it's not necessarily why it happened or how it happened, but it's a it's a really objective look. So it allows your safety program to not only look at individual events, but then look at larger trends. And, and I think it allows an organization to really determine where 
where they want to put the spotlight. And I think that's really how I've seen it applied through multiple organizations. It allows you to apply your resources. Do we want to focus on touchdown point? Do we need to focus on 250 knots below 10,000? And you're able to look at it from a trend perspective. So I've seen really positive adoption of flight data monitoring at, at multiple operations. Jason, what response have you seen at your operation? As a developing, still growing company, when I first came on, there wasn't a flight data monitoring program in place or many of the components with the SMS. So it was something we've more just been focusing on the last nine months to a year, whereas prior to that, we started the safety program about two years ago. We always had flight data monitoring in mind as something we wanted to implement as we laid out our initial roadmap for SMS, but we knew we had to get the other components in place first. You need to have ASAP, a good confidential reporting system, and, and kind of develop that culture rather than just impose the flight data monitoring right away. So we started having discussions with the crews. Luckily, we had several crew members who are familiar with FDM or FOQA, and they were able to, as they're out on the line, talking to crew members about this program that's coming and kind of demystify it. So really, by the time we had recorders on the planes and we started using it and looking at the data, the crews already knew this was coming for months for us, there hasn't been any real pushback from, from flight crews. We're, we're letting them know the trends we're seeing with the data, and they seem pretty receptive to getting that feedback and learning how they can continually improve as well. That's good to hear, as I can definitely understand how pilots may be concerned about Big Brother looking over their shoulder. Yeah, those were our initial concerns as well, was crews being afraid of somebody constantly monitoring them. So again, as we were implementing it, we thought about how we were going to control access to the data and who is going to have access, you know, to a single gatekeeper. So right now, that's very limited to only myself as as the director of safety with all the data coming in. As we start to de-identify it and use it, you know, looking at some operational efficiency type uses and things like that for the data, we further strip that down. But again, it's only piecemealed out. It's very similar to how we run our ASAP and other confidential reporting systems. So I think the crews are pretty comfortable knowing they can trust that the data is going to be protected and only used for safety reasons. Morgan, how is this data used at your operation? We're a smaller operation and actually... All the operations that I've ever been a part of that have had flight data monitoring programs are smaller operations. You know, contrary to Jason's organization, we're, we're talking pilot groups, sub 10 pilots, you know, four, five, six, seven pilots. And one of the challenges you run into there, I think, is, is around anonymity. So starting with data flow, data only comes into the gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is the only one that has access to the raw data. And that individual can can reach out to, let's say, flight crews to ask them, you know, maybe for some more information if there was a, a specific event that maybe needs a little more attention. And then that data, when you talk about how that data is utilized, trend data gets shared as necessary by the gatekeeper back out to the pilot group. But the challenge that we run into is when you think about trending data, if we have one event at an airport that we maybe go to once a year, and there's a really good lesson learned to be shared out of that event it's really difficult to de-identify a crew that there were only two pilots potentially that flew into that airport once in that year. And if the lesson learned is specific to that airport, you can't really de-identify the airport and and it would allow people to go connect the schedule backwards to who the crew was. So I think the win in, in a flight data monitoring program is it's the crew's story to tell. So if you build a culture around continuous improvement and data sharing, 
the crew then has the opportunity to share that story. So let's say you have a, a safety day, a quarterly safety day, or a pilot meeting. You know, you actually have empowered crews to where they feel comfortable enough and they feel it's it's almost part of their job to share their story. So they they are the ones that then share that that data. And in theory, they're identifying themselves as, hey, we had this event. Here's the lessons learned that we took from this. So identification is never coming through the flight data monitoring program, rather the individuals. And there's times where maybe an individual says, hey, I, let's keep this on the anonymous side. But with small groups, it's really hard to keep it de-identified. So you, you got to focus on that culture of continuous improvement where people are excited to tell their story and know that they're amongst people that that want to improve and could have seen themselves in those same shoes. I think Morgan hit it spot on. We do something very similar with sharing lessons learned from actual safety incidents. It's a carryover that that I saw work well in the military and we implemented here. Just again, building that culture of, hey, we're amongst peers and, and friends in a zone of confidentiality. And you get that trust amongst your pilot group to be able to exchange those stories. Really, that's where the real learning is going to take place rather than you know, just have the safety guy get up and brief every day. It's much more well-received when you, you have that coming from the person that actually had the event. More of our conversation after this quick word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you getting recognized for your leadership? NBAA now offers certificates and other credentials in safety, sustainability, and more. Visit nbaa.org to apply today. We're back now with Morgan Bondi and Jason Greenleaf and our discussion about the benefits of flight data monitoring, or FDM, in business aviation flight operations. And Jason, before the break, you and Morgan touched on an interesting point, I think. Pilots do tend to be a competitive lot and typically have healthy egos. Rather than being apprehensive about what FDM might reveal about their flights, I can see how flight crews would embrace FDM as a demonstration of their skill and proficiency. Has that been your experience? We haven't seen that yet, but the desire is there. So we've, we've heard from our pilot group from, from several pilots that, that are looking to have access to their individual data, You know, whether it's some scoring system or anything else, so they can do their day-to-day comparison. We look at the data is in the aggregate, so... Normally, we don't have it sent to individual crews after each flight so they can access it. But it's something we're looking into because, like you said, some of that either ego or bravado that pilots have, they they want to know, hey, I hit it right at the 1,000-foot mark. And I think that's something as we move forward with our program, we're going to look into if find, figuring out, hey, those that want access to their flights to review afterwards or maybe come up with some scoring or competitive system would definitely be good and kind of instill that camaraderie while at the same time reinforcing safety. On that topic of, of individual pilots seeing their data, some of the, the FDM providers, the, the data analyst companies that, that take this data, they're, they're just starting to release tools and applications that would be available on pilot iPads that behind the scenes are, are correlating flights to crew members. So, you know, you've got, you've got two pilots, pilot A, pilot B, go out and fly a trip and they come back. When they come back, it's able to go in and automatically look at the flight schedule, correlate those flights back to those pilots and allows the pilots to effectively animate their flights. And what's great is they don't even need to have had events to go see their flights. They could, you know, maybe pilot A and B after their flight, they say, you know, that departure didn't go exactly the way we wanted it to. Maybe there were no events triggered, but they're able to go back and animate the flight and say, oh, you know what I did? We were late on the flap retraction. Maybe again, maybe it wasn't an event triggering event, but it was, they were able to go objectively look at their performance and it's empowering them and giving them the tools to, to go back and, and evaluate their own performance. 
That dovetails right into a question I had for you specifically, Morgan. I recently spoke with Chandra Dusso and Cody Bogart, two of the three recipients this year of NBAA's Dr. Tony Kern Professionalism and Aviation Award for another Flight Plan episode. You, of course, are the third recipient of that honor for 2022. And since we're speaking about professionalism, how might FDM help nurture that kind of mindset in a flight operation? That's a really good question. I mean, I think from a professionalism standpoint, it really comes back to continuous improvement. There's the individual element of, of a flight data monitoring program, but I think it comes back to the, the whole team winning. I've used this analogy many times, and, and I, I go back to a sports team analogy when I think about a flight data monitoring program. You think of a professional sports team and they go play a 60-minute game or a two-hour baseball game, whatever the whatever the sport is. And they will spend weeks reviewing those game tapes of, you know, why did they miss a, a field goal kick? Why did somebody miss a play at second base? Whatever, whatever it might be. And they'll, they'll analyze it to the nth degree. And it's all, all in an approach of, you know, that whole team can take the field better the next time. And I think that's where we each have an individual responsibility around continuous improvement and organizationally providing those tools for individuals to offer their contributions back to the organization, which which really raises the whole bar. Great insights. What advice would you have for a flight operation that may be considering an FDM program, Morgan? Where should they start? I would say there's two things that you've got to start before you go down the rabbit holes of various different types of programs. You've got to understand your why. As an organization, you have to understand why do you want that flight data monitoring program. And front and center, it has to be rooted in continuous improvement. And that needs to be from a leadership perspective, from the safety program perspective, and then from the, the flight deck and, and pilot perspective. I think that's got to be front and center is why do you want an F, a flight data monitoring program? And then Two, I'd say you, you have an opportunity to, to almost preview the potential success of your flight data monitoring program. If, if you can take an honest look at your, your organizational and your, your flight deck culture, where I'm going with this is, does your organization have a culture of procedural noncompliance or standardization of deviance? If you have those things, a flight data monitoring program might not be well received right out of the gate because it's it, it's going to highlight those things that are that are already going on in the background. Each person, I would say, is kind of a gatekeeper of culture. They probably know that they're not maintaining the standards that are outlined in their organization. So I'd say that's the second thing is you're going to you have an opportunity to preview how do you think your flight data monitoring program is going to be received just by kind of taking a look across the horizon at your flight deck culture and are people thinking about continuous improvement. Just to piggyback a little bit on what Morgan was talking about was making sure you have those other components. I can't overstress that enough. If you don't have ASAP, if you don't, if your flight operations don't have SOPs and, and these other standards, and you're just going to try and strap on flight data monitoring because you think it's something shiny that you can bring as part of your program, it really has to be complementary and, and integrated, just like all the other SMS components. So really starting there and road mapping and figuring out not only, hey, you're going to get FDM going, but you know how are you going to collect the data? How are you going to transfer it? How are you going to analyze it, disseminate it, protect it? All those different components really have to be well thought out and outlined as part of your SMS before doing it. What about the equipment needed, Jason? I know that some OEMs have approved FDM solutions available that often vary by aircraft type. But what about on aircraft for which there may not be an off-the-shelf system available yet? We ran into that situation flying relatively new planes with the Honda jet, that there wasn't 
a, a system developed off the shelf that I could find that I knew was going to work with a Honda Jet, and you know I could just go, it's going to cost this much money, let's go out and buy it. So it really took time of figuring out, well, one, how can I get data off this, this aircraft? What are the different ways? As I was doing this, as it took the different time, we started to figure out, well, what data is possible to even collect? And then how am I going to use that and answer what questions, like Morgan was talking about, answering those why. You know, some of the data that I can get off the G3000 doesn't include flap position or, or some of those other parameters that a higher level system was. So that's not even a question I can ask. Definitely would recommend operators that are getting into this to just ease into it. Uh, start with a single aircraft. You know, you don't have to equip the entire fleet right away. Figure out, does that device work for you? Are you getting the information that you thought you were going to get out of it? Are you answering the questions you thought you were going to get out of it before making a bigger investment? You know, perhaps if you have a larger fleet, because really you could find out that maybe you're overpaying for capability that you don't need. Sounds like this could be a very challenging process for some operators. I think that it can be daunting as somebody's first looking at it. Maybe you don't have a peer network or no other operators ever have experience doing it. So as you're first looking at it, it can definitely be daunting, but I wouldn't let that dissuade you from, from starting. You know, start somewhere small, figure out what you can already start monitoring and looking at. And I think you're going to right away start to realize answering those questions and finding out where your gaps are in knowledge and how you can improve your ops. So that's the advice I'd give to anyone starting off is just start, right? Every journey begins with a step. So don't let the cost, the tasks of having to put together the program and write your manuals and everything else dissuade you from making those movements. Just continue at it. And you, you're going to see the, the benefit from it almost right away as soon as you start implementing it. Morgan? It definitely has that potential to be daunting. Ten years ago, when I was setting up our first flight data monitoring program at a previous organization and network, there's there's definitely lots of operators out there that are running flight data monitoring programs. And I feel in aviation, we're always there's always somebody willing to lend a hand, whether if you need to reach out through the NBAA network or knock on some doors locally in your at your airport. You know, somebody's out there that's that's already doing this, and you know, I think it has gives you an opportunity to ask how they did it. I was very fortunate to have a handful of people that that have been running flight data monitoring programs for some time, and and they gave me some great pointers right out of the gate that that helped, you know, soften that daunting approach and and helped you know get it up and running and, and get a program moving. And then the the second thing I'll add is, and it kind of actually goes into that same concept around daunting, is once once you get your program up and running and you have all this data coming in, the key is sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. You might see you've got a handful of events going on in one, one area, a handful of events going on in another. You have to break it down and pick a few things that you want to focus on. You know, if you think about a higher level safety management system, you you might pick two or three safety goals or two or three targets that you're going to try to hit in a year. You kind of need to do the same thing with flight data monitoring. You might see a, a swath of events that are occurring across your organization, but you almost need to holistically try to figure out what are the top two or three that you want to focus on and move those bars forward because you only have so many resources. And, and I think that's a great opportunity to really bring the pilot group in, you know, Jason used a great term there, that demystify term. So, you know, when you, when you get your first round of data and you start seeing trends, bring the pilot group into the discussion and say, okay, all here's our low hanging fruit per se. What do we want to focus on and get them involved in that discussion and also how you're going to attack it. 
And as you emphasized earlier, Jason, a flight operation shouldn't look to even a basic FDM system as the first step in this process. You really need to have those standard operating procedures in place beforehand, along with an established and effective safety management system, which can then be informed and complemented by this data coming off the aircraft. Exactly. This roadmap or however else you want to plan it doesn't need to be that formal, but if, if FDM's the, the first component you think you're implementing in your SMS, then I don't believe you're going to be very successful if you don't have all the infrastructure with the other components of you know, safety culture, your policy, uh, reporting, and all those different parts of risk management. Thank you both again for sharing your insights and real-world experiences with FDM. And to learn more about the benefits of flight data monitoring, be sure to check out nbaa.org forward slash data sharing. There's a lot of useful information and resources there to assist business aviation operators in this process. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or a connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.